Well, good morning. You know I feel old. If I watch many more games like I did last night, I'm really going to be old. I aged about 10 years last night. Some of you Auburn folks did too, amen? And so anyway, good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here in the Lord's house. I just want to echo what Brother Bradley said about your generosity, about your giving. This is a giving church, so thank you for being faithful in your giving, especially to GIC. I'm looking forward to GIC week when our missionaries will be coming in next week, and so I know you'll be excited about that, and I know that you're grateful to support that here at this church. So continue to be faithful in your giving, not only financially, but giving of yourself. You know, this is a difficult season that we're in, and it's COVID season, and so we need to give of ourselves and be generous to others and kind and compassionate and try to help others who are hurting. And so we're glad that you're here this morning. I love Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. I, I'm still a member, all right? I'm not here all the time. I was preached last week in Enterprise, and I'm preaching uh, next Sunday as well. So I'm staying busy with North American Mission Board. They're keeping me busy traveling a little bit. And so I'm busy, but it's good busy, right? I'm kind of busy on my own schedule. And so anyway, thank you for praying for Patsy and I. We love you guys, and I look forward to what God's going to do. You know, I want to talk to you this morning on this subject. Jonah gets a mulligan. Jonah gets a mulligan, a second chance. Now, I want to talk to you about this because I, I really believe God put this in my heart this week as I was thinking, contemplating, and meditating on what I might say today. I was thinking about this. You know, all of us have messed up, right? We've all blown it. I know I've certainly blown it from time to time, and you have too. And we've all made mistakes, and we've all blown it. Reminded me of little Johnny. You know, he messed up, and, you know, his dad just scolded him and sent him upstairs to his room. He said, little Johnny, you go up there and go to bed. So little Johnny went up there, and in a few minutes, he said, Daddy, would you get, bring me a glass of water? And his daddy said, nope, you're not getting any water. I'm punishing you. You know, you're, you're grounded from coming downstairs right now. You're not getting any water. So about 10 minutes later, he said, Daddy... Would you please get me a glass of water? And his daddy said, I told you, you're not getting any water. Don't talk to me about getting water again. Sure enough, about 10 minutes later, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Would you please get me a glass of water? He said, Little Johnny, I've told you already, you're not getting any water. If you say anything about it again, you mention water again, I'm going to come up there and spank you. So it got real quiet a few minutes later. He said, Daddy, when you come up here to spank me, would you bring me a glass of water? (laughs) We've all messed up, right? We've all messed up. And, you know, the consequences of messing up sometimes overwhelm us. And I was thinking about that. You know, all of us have blown it from time to time. You know, you may be like me. I've sent emails that I wished I hadn't sent. I wish I had a mulligan. I wish I had a do-over. I've texted sometimes when I was angry and shouldn't have. And I wish I could just grab that text right out of social media. Don't you? You ever done that? You ever blown it? You ever messed up? You ever made a mistake? You wish you had a do-over? You could do it again? Well, see, what happens when we do that, we live under guilt. We become guilty. We become, we, we get so guilty of what we've done, the mistake we made, or we've blown it, we messed up, and we live under the guilt of that. And Satan's going to make sure that you feel guilty about that. And, or maybe he's going to make you comfortable in your sin or in that mistake. And so there's consequences that always surround our mistakes. And so we need to think about that today. We need to talk about that. Now in golf, if you hit a bad shot, you usually get a mulligan. It's according to who you play with. My friends don't give me a mulligan. But anyway, you may have good friends that say, hey, just hit you another one. Well, in, in life, it's called a mistake. 
You may have made a mistake and wish you could do it again and have a do-over. Well, in Christianity, it's called sin. We sin, we mess up, we make a mistake, we blow it. We said, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I had a do-over. I wish I could have had a mulligan and I could redo that. Well, I got good news for you. We got a good, good father who's a forgiving father who's always true to his promises. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. And God wants to help you through whatever you're going through, whatever consequences, whatever sin, whatever mistakes you've made. God wants to help you through it. And he will help you through it. And so all we have to do is call on the Lord and turn to him and trust him. And God will help us. And see, you know, God's sovereign. You know, God is a sovereign God. That simply means God's in control. God's all-knowing. But what God has done is given man a responsibility. When God created us, he gave us a responsibility. We're not just puppets. You can do whatever you want to do. God allowed that. For instance, Adam and Eve were put in a perfect place, a perfect garden. And God said, this is, I created you and this is your garden. You'll, and I want you to have joy life in the garden. But I've given you all these trees you can eat of, the fruit of them. But don't eat of this one tree. And so what did they do? The serpent came and tempted them and Adam and Eve ate of the tree. Somebody said Adam and Eve ate us out of house and home. <laughs> they really did, didn't they? And so they ate. They disobeyed God. What about Jonah? Jonah disobeyed God. We're going to talk about this today, how Jonah disobeyed God, blatantly disobeyed God. And he's under the guilt and under the consequences. We'll see later on. And I want you to understand this about Jonah. Jonah was a man of God. Jonah was a prophet of God. And yet Jonah disobeyed God. And so a lot of times we are too. We're Christians. And so we can mess up. We can make mistakes. And we can go our own way and make our own decisions. And God allows that. But God's given us a verse of Scripture that I really, it's been a lot to me over the years. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. He'll take care of you. He'll lead God and direct you if you'll trust the Lord. You've got to trust Him. And you can't lean on your own circumstances, on your own intellect, on your own understanding. You've got to acknowledge that He is God. He's not a God. He is the God. He's the God creator. He's God Jehovah. And so He wants to help us. And so what I want to do today, I want to understand how God wants to help you through your circumstance. You may be going through something right now. Maybe you're, maybe you're an addict or maybe you're addicted to pornography or just anything. Maybe you just blew it last week. Maybe you and your spouse had a big argument or you and your child or whatever it is. Maybe there's something secret to you that nobody knows but you and God. And yet you're living under that guilt and that anguish and that anxiety that you're under. God wants you to have a happy life. God wants you to be holy. But you've got to trust God to help you overcome those things. And God wants to do that. He wants to help you. Again, He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He helps you through His Word, His written Word. The Word of God is our owner's manual, if you will. 
Everything in here we need is in this Bible. It's a holy, inspired Word of God. And God wants to help you. You've got to read it and understand it and apply it to your life. It'll help you. And then He's given us the living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and even now in us. His Holy Spirit is in you. Don't lean to your own understanding, but let His Spirit guide and direct you. God wants to lead you through His Spirit. So today I want us to look at Jonah. My favorite book in the Old Testament is Jonah. I can relate to this dude. And so I want to talk about it today. I want to give you three things very quickly. Number one, we're going to talk about Jonah's disobedience. Jonah's disobedience. Look with me in chapter 1 of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and here's what he said. Here's what God said to Jonah. Jonah, I want you to rise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and I want you to cry out, cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. In other words, I want you to go preach the gospel to these people who are hellions, they're wicked, and I want you to go preach the gospel to them, the good news. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Notice that. He tried to flee from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them, the mariners, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine trying to escape the presence of the Lord? And by the way, let me ask you this question. Why would you? Why would we want to escape the presence of the Lord? And by the way, you really can't. It's impossible. The Bible says in Psalms 139, it says this, How can we flee the presence of the Lord? How can we get away from God's presence? If I go to heaven, He's there. If I go down to school, He's there in the grave. In hell, He's there. He's everywhere. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. And so why would we want to run from God? We should want to run to God. God wants to help you. He wants you to overcome your circumstances and your situation. He wants to help you through those. Don't run away from God. Run to God. You cannot escape the presence of God. And Jonah tried that. He tried to get away from God. And Jonah made a major decision. He made a choice. He was God's man. He was God's prophet. And yet God allowed him to make a choice to get on the ship to Tarshish and try to flee from the presence of God. And God knows where we live. He reads our emails, right? By the way, God goes to Panama City. He goes to Las Vegas. He goes to Jordan Hare and Bryant-Denny Stadium. He knows us. He sees us. He's with us. And aren't we glad? Aren't we glad that He is? So we can't escape His presence. He's always there. He's in us. His Spirit is in us and guiding us and helping us. And so we don't want to get away from him. We want to get to him. So what's happened to Jonah? Jonah is suffering now the consequences of his action. Jonah was disobedient to God. He disobeyed God, made a bad decision, made a bad choice. And now what's going to happen to him? Let's look at it. Verse 4. Jonah, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. Who sent that great wind? God did. Why? God's wanting to get his attention. He's a man of God. He's a prophet of God. And God loves you. By the way, aren't you glad God loves us enough to mess with us? He loves you that much. He wants to help you. And so he says, Jonah, 
sent out a great tempest and there was a great mighty tempest on the sea and the ship was about to be broken up and the mariners were all afraid and they were crying out to their gods, little G. They all had these gods they worshipped. And he said, everybody pray to your gods and where's, where's that Jonah guy? And so the captain goes down to look for Jonah and he's in the belly of the ship fast asleep. It seems like he's unconcerned. He's being apathetic, insensitive. And that's what's happening in our land today. We see a lot of apathy, a lot of people just unconcerned and insensitive to God and the things of God. And it seems like America, like Jonah, have drifted away from God and said, I'm not going to do it. We don't need you, God. We don't need you in our lives, in our nation. But God loves us. He hasn't went anywhere. He's still there. He still loves America. He still loves you. He loves his church. God's not going to abandon you. He's going to keep his promises. But he gives us a responsible will that we can make choices, even bad choices. But God's still on the throne. But I'm going to tell you something. This is the, this is the rub here. If you make bad choices, there's always going to be consequences. Even though you have a loving father, a good, good father who loves you, who will forgive you, who will restore you. But there's always consequences for our actions and our sins. And Jonah's going to experience those. And so the ship is breaking up and they start unloading the cargo, try to lighten the ship. And the ship's being beaten to a pulp and it looks like it's going to sink at any time. And the mariners are, are, are saying, you know, seek your Lord, seek your God. And they bring Jonah up there and said, uh, who, who are you? And they question him. Who are you? Where are you from? What country are you from? And I like what Jonah said. What's, look what Jonah said in verse number 9. Jonah came clean with them. He said this. He said, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the God, the God of heaven who made this sea, who made this ship, who made these winds. I serve that God. And boy, he got their attention. And they said, well, what's happening? What, what's, what's he doing to you? He said, I've been disobedient. He told them about it. He said, I've been disobedient to God. I'm supposed to be in Nineveh. And I told God, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. And now God's getting my attention. God, I'm suffering the consequences of that. And he said, I tell you what, guys, here's, what, here's, here's the deal. If you really want this ship to survive, you're going to have to throw me overboard because God's after me. Wow. He was honest, wasn't he? Just throw me overboard. And, and these guys, had, uh, they had some gumption. They said, we can't do that. So they began to row. Look in verse number 13. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempest against them. And so what happens is, here's a principle. When you're rowing against God, you're going to lose. When you're rowing against God, you're going to lose every time. God's a God of love and forgiveness, but he's also a God of principle, of precept, of his word, of promises. And that brings consequences when we disobey God. And that's what Jonah's experiencing. He's experiencing the consequences of his disobedience. And see, Jonah said, well, I don't feel like going to Nineveh. I just, don't, I just don't feel like, I don't like them. And by the way, he tried to justify it. And what he did, he said, you know, they're the enemy. The Ninevites are, uh, Ninevites are enemies of Israel. I'm not going to go preach to the enemy. And God told him to go preach to the enemy, love the enemy. And God, he said, I'm not going to do it. So God let him make the choice. 
And there's a lot of times that you and I rely on our feelings. Here's a great principle we need to realize. Don't rely on your feelings and your emotions to make your decisions. And a lot of times we say, I just don't feel this way. I don't feel like that. Well, what's the Bible say? What's the truth? We got to obey the truth, not our feelings, not our emotions. Our emotions are like a roller coaster. They're up and down. They're sideways. But what does God say? What does he say into our heart? We've got to obey him and listen to him and lean not on our own understanding. So we can't trust our feelings. You can't live your life by your feelings. You can't do that. We all have them. We all have emotions. We've all got principles and we've got convictions. But they better line up with the word of God. Amen? And amen. And so Jonah's experiencing the consequences And see, he's leaning on his own understanding. There's also a a passage that says this. There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death, way of destruction. You see, you may say, well, this this seems to me to be the right thing. But it may not be the right thing. It's got to line up with what God says. And when that does, God wants to help you. He He wants to really come alongside of you and help you through any circumstance or any situation. Now... That's Jonah's disobedience, which leads into Jonah's desperation. Something's about to happen to Jonah that's really going to get his attention. He's about to get desperate. I found this out in my own life. When I I don't confess my sin and when I try to do something on my own, it usually leads to something desperate. We get desperate. The more you ignore something, just by ignoring it and let it go, it's going to eventually keep getting worse. So you've got to deal with it. Jonah didn't deal with it. But he's getting desperate, and God's got his attention. And so look with me in verse uh, chapter 2. Look what happened in verse 17. Well, they threw him overboard. Verse 17, they threw him overboard. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now can you imagine? Can you imagine what's happening to Jonah? Jonah said, throw me overboard. They said, we're not going to do it. They tried to row against God. They couldn't. So they said, you know, your blood's not going to be on our hands. So they threw him overboard. And here's Jonah in the sea. He's going down, down, down. He's drowning. He's drowning. But the Bible says in verse number 17 that God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. That's why I like to say this is a whale of a story, right? It's a whale of a story. And I, I just wanted to warn you before, it's kind of fishy. And it may be hard to swallow, all right? But anyway, it's a narrative that we need to understand. And so Jonah has gone down, 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 and God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now think about this. Have you ever heard this? I thought God was a loving God. I thought, God, why did he allow so-and-so to have cancer? Why did he allow this? Why did he allow that? We don't understand God's ways. They're above us. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But we trust him and we live by faith, right? We live by faith. So we don't always understand God. And so we think, well, why would God let his man, his prophet, be swallowed by a great fish? Mean, oh God. Mean, oh God. Well, think about it this way. What would have happened to Jonah if that fish hadn't swallowed him? Yeah, he would drown. He's dead. He's out of here. So God sent the fish not to destroy Jonah, but to save Jonah. We can make mistakes in our lives. We can mess up. 
we can blow it. And sometimes we don't even know it. But our Father, God, is coming alongside of us to help us through our circumstance. And sometimes, this is why you don't rely on your feelings. Sometimes we feel like this is the worst thing that could happen to me. And when at the end, when we get through it, it happens to be maybe the best thing that could happen to you. See, it's all about perspective. You've got to look at it through the lens of Christ, through the lens of God. God has your best interest at His heart. That's why you trust Him with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because you can't figure it out. You think He's a mean old God. He's punishing you. No, He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to help you to rise up out of the pit. And so God allows things in our lives to help us to get our attention. Do you know that? This, we've got evidence right here. He's allowed this fish to swallow Jonah to help him to get his attention. The consequence of his sin. God's helping him through it. And so this fish swallows him and, and, and Jonah is being delivered now. That brings us to the third thing I want us to see. We see his disobedience. We see his desperation. And now we want to see his deliverance. Now what does God Jonah do? Well, in his desperation, he cries out to God. Look with him, chapter 2, verse 1. Watch this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. Wow. It's come to that, has it? We're going to have to pray now. It's COVID-19. We're in a pandemic. We better start praying. It's 9-11. Boy, the house was full praying. We're desperate. We're realizing that God is bigger than we are. He's bigger than our circumstances. And we can't overcome them on our own. We'll never get through this pandemic on our own. Never. No matter how many vaccines or whatever it is, we got to have God's help. And your circumstance, whatever it is, whatever you're going through, whatever's got you overwhelmed and anxiety and all of that stuff, I'm telling you, until you turn it over to God, you're going to stay there. You don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. You don't drown just falling in the water. When you stay there, you're drowning. And so Jonah was drowning and God helped him. He sent this great fish to help him. And Jonah's desperate. He's praying. He's praying, God help me. Help, help. SOS. Mayday. Mayday. It wasn't now I lay me down to sleep type prayer. This is serious supplications. This is Jonah panicking. This is Jonah's desperation. And trying to get a hold of God. And he did. And God heard him. And God's listening to him. And Jonah's in a bad situation, but he cries out to God. Isn't that awesome? That when he got so desperate, when nothing else could help, he cried out to God, knowing that God would help him. And God did. Let's look at it. Look at verse number, verse number three. And you heard my voice. I cried out to you and you answered me in verse number two. And you heard my voice. Look at verse three. You cast me into the deep. Notice Jonah said, you put me there. The consequences of my sin. You're the one that allowed that to get my attention. He's recognizing that God's in control. In the heart of the seas, you cast me into the deep. In the heart of the sea and the flood surrounded me. And your billows and your waves, they passed over me. And then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. 
He tried to escape the presence of God. And now he's wondering, you cast me out of your sight. No, he hasn't, Jonah. No, he hasn't. You may feel like he has, but he hasn't cast you out. He loves you. He wants to help you. And he'll do whatever it takes to get your attention. And now he's got it. You're in the belly of a fish, a big fish. Now, look what happens. Look in verse number 5. Jonah says in verse 4, I will look again to your holy temple. You know what that is? Repentance. Oh, you got my attention. I'm going to look again to your temple. I'm repenting. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, whoever confesses their sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We've got to confess to him. And Jonah does that. He really does. Now, look what happened. Look at his circumstances. The water surrounded me, verse 5. Even to my soul, the deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Can you imagine being in the belly of the digestive system of a big fish? I mean, it's green gunk all around you. Seaweed is wrapped around your head. It's kind of like going down to Panama City, you know, and all the seaweeds come in, but you paid for that hotel that week, you've taken off, and by George, you're going in. Come seaweed or hell or high water, you're getting in that ocean. And man, you got seaweed, you're fighting, and then you go take a shower. Oh, my word. Seaweed's everywhere. But can you imagine all the stench and all the stuff inside of that big fish? There's car tags in there, and there's all kind of stuff. Little Nemo's kind of going by, you know. He's going, yuck! And what we see is a picture of sin. Jonah is in his sin. He disobeyed God. And he's right there in the middle of his sin. It's surrounded all around him. It's choking him to death with the seaweed. And he's realized, how did I get here? Why did I watch that pornography? Why did I take those drugs? Why did I cheat on my spouse? Why did I do that to my children? How in the world did I get here? And you're overwhelmed. And your sin is choking you. And you just need to cry out to God. God, forgive me. Help me. I'm desperate. I need you, Lord. And I promise you, God will show up. And I want you to look at verse number 6. Don't miss it. Don't miss verse 6. I went down to the moorings. New King James says, some of your translations say base or bottom. What happened to Jonah? I went down to the bottom of the mountain and the earth with its bars closed behind me. You know where he's at? Rock bottom. He's bottomed out. He's at rock bottom in his life. By the way, have you ever been to rock bottom? I have. That's why this book means so much to me. I preached since I 28 years. You've heard me preach from this book. It means so much to me because I have been where Jonah's at. I blew it. I messed up. I messed up my marriage. I messed up my life. I was a hellion, compulsive gambler. And I went down to the bottom. And that's where God found me. You know why? I did what Jonah did. I cried out to God. 
My wife got saved three months before I did. I saw God change her life. I didn't understand about God and the church and all of that, but I knew I needed help. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, October the 30th, I cried out to God with everything I had in me. And I just said, God save me. God save me. God save me. I was drowning. And God reached down and took me by the heart and raised me up out of the pit where Jonah was. See, Jonah went from the pit to the pinnacle. Pastor Dusty went from the pit to the pulpit. That's the kind of God I'm talking about. He took me out of the pit of sin, just a hellion of a husband, of a father, of a person. He cleaned me up. He washed me off, put his love in my heart, his spirit within me. And he said, listen, I'm going to use you for my glory. And he put me in the pulpit at Lindsay Lane. God's done great and mighty things through this church. And we give Him all the glory and all the praise. I say that to say this. He wants to do the same thing with you. All you've got to do is put your yes on the table. Put your yes on the altar. And say, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm ready for you to take over my life, my circumstances, my sin. I give them to you. And when you do that, you come to the end of yourself. And you're in the pit, and you're about to go up. Watch verse 6. I went down to the bottom, the earth surrounded me, yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. With my soul fainting within me, I remember the Lord. My prayer went up to you in the holy temple, and those who regard worthless our idols. That's where America is today, our culture. Forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay the vow I made. Salvation is of the Lord. He's repenting. He said, Lord, save me. God changed me, and God did. He restored him. He restored him. He forgave him of his sin. Of his, of, but he suffered the consequences. He had to go through all that uh, time in the, in the belly of the whale and all of that. And you'll have consequences, but God will help you get through those. And that's the loving God that he is. It's an awesome thing. Jesus is all you'll ever need, but we never realize it till he's all we got. When he's all you got, that's all you ever needed. And he'll help you come out of that pit. And he'll restore you. He'll restore you. And see, now Jonah's doing what God called him to do. He restored him. He repented. And his life's back together. Did God get his attention? Sure he did. Look in chapter 3. Look at chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Watch this. The second time. (laughs) Jonah got a mulligan. He got the do-over. He went through all that stuff. God got his attention. He's a loving God. He never left him. He never forsake him. And God said, listen, if you'll repent, I'll restore you, bring you out of the pit, and I'll use you. I'll put you in the pulpit in Nineveh. And the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. He got a mulligan. He said this, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and I want you to preach the message that I tell you. Verse number three. So Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh. He did exactly what God told him to do, but he went all around the world before he did it. And that's where a lot of us are today. We know what to do. We know what's right. But sometimes we make bad choices. We make bad decisions that affect our lives. And by the way, it always affects others. And so Jonah, his life 
He's back together. God restored him. God forgave him. He's a good, good father. He never left him. He never forsook him. He just waited on Jonah to cry out to him. And that's what some of you need to do here today. Cry out to God. Those watching my live stream today, maybe you need to kneel down wherever you are and say, Lord, save me, change me, forgive me, restore me. Restore me and God will do it. Oh, I can see old Jonah now. Can't you? He's in the pulpit. He's preaching the gospel to those Ninevites. And he starts out with a hymn. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. You see, God's love will lift you out. God's love and God's forgiveness will bring you out and up from the pit. Whatever you're dealing with right now, it may be significant, it may be something real big, it may be something real small, it may be secretive, nobody else knows it but you and God. But God knows. He's waiting on you to deal with it so you can be used of Him and be restored. Let's pray together. Our Father, Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for helping us understand that even though we mess up, even though we blow it, you're there with a mulligan, with a do-over. We get another shot at it. We get another shot at our marriage, another shot at our lives, another shot. And sometimes it may not work out that way. But Lord, you forgive us and you help us. Whatever it is, but we gotta, we got to start with you and finish with you. We've got to get on our face before a holy God and pray, Lord, help me, save me, change me, forgive me, restore me. And Lord, I pray for everyone here today and everyone watching my live stream that God, you would help us right now to make that decision. This altar is going to be open. We're going to sing. Dwayne's going to lead us. And we're going to sing, Lord. And Father, I pray if anyone feels led to come to this altar and just kneel down and pray, Maybe pray for someone, pray for themselves. Maybe some need to come and be saved. Our pastors will be here, I'll be here. They'll just come to us and say, listen, I'm ready. I need to make a decision. I want to be saved today. Or maybe I want you to pray with me. Or maybe you want to join this church. Whatever God's leading you to do, don't put it off. He's listening. He's waiting. And He loves you more than you'll ever know. Father, do a great work as only you can do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?